from recruiting and consulting firm RiderFlex. I'm your host, Steve Urban, and here is your RiderFlex podcast episode of the day. Here we go. Carlos Abazambra on the RiderFlex podcast. How you doing, Carlos? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Steve? I'm hanging in there, man. I'm hanging in there. Uh, you're in Hawaii today as we record this on February 16th. You you missed out on the freezing weather in Denver the last couple of days. Yeah, I, uh, I heard about it. Um, I was trying to do some one-on-ones, walk and talk, but I was the only one actually walking. Everybody else was staying indoors. Is it nice in Hawaii right now? What's what's the temperature, like 72? or? Uh, it's uh, low 80s right now. Low 80s. Isn't it, you know, that this work from home thing, uh, it does have benefits. I, you know, everybody I talk to goes on and on about the pluses and minuses, right? Um, but for right now, while people, while people are working from home a little bit, you can, you know, you can go to Hawaii with your laptop and you can work from there for a few weeks if you want to. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, there's obviously from our company, we're missing out on the collaboration quite a bit. It's really hard to the yep. whiteboarding and brainstorming, but you're right. One of the benefits um, people can in our company right now can work. Most roles can work from anywhere. And mm-hmm. I know some people are taking advantage of that, seeing family and going to places that they can. Right. Yep. Those are the pluses. I agree. Um, you know, RiderFlex, uh, our recruiting firm, we've been remote since the beginning, uh, you know, of the company. So uh, go mm-hmm. in, into our fifth year, we've been remote, um, you know, and we have recruiter recruiters across the country, but there are times there definitely are times where I kind of wish we were in a building or I could just grab three people and put them in a conference room and get, get the feel, you know? So I, yeah, I, I, you know, I do miss that. I think we'll end up as a society in some sort of like hybrid thing. Right. I think in a lot of ways, probably. Um, One one thing I heard is that snow days are gone. That's right. (laughs) Every education institution, every workplace figured out how to do this for at least a few days, which that's is right. a thing. <laughs> I remember this notice. That's right. Totally agree. By the way, I interviewed a, a, a lady that uh, is involved with uh, education system. And uh, I said, so for students, right, there's, there's no more snow days, right? There's no more snow days, right? I mean, you don't, those are gone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tell us about yourself personally a little bit. Give us yeah. some background on Carlos, where he grew up, family, things like that. Yeah, so I'm American-born Florida uh, to Colombian parents. Um, okay. So I actually grew up most of my childhood in, in Colombia, lived in a few different places there. Cool. And once I finished high school, I went to undergrad in Indiana, West Lafayette, got my engineering degree there. Uh, right now, I'm happily married. I got two kids, a two-year-old girl and a six-month-old boy. And uh, personally, I love racing sailboats. That's my primary hobby. Very nice. Okay, now sailboats and Colorado usually don't go together. So how do you do that? <laughs> how do you, where, where, where's, your, where's your boat at? Uh, there's actually, with the reservoirs up in the mountains, there's some oh. really cool venues to sail out of Colorado. Okay. And there's actually some really talented sailors too. There's uh, people have finished top three in world championships and it's very competitive, uh, very different conditions on the ocean sailing, but, but still pretty active fleets all around. I did not know that. Okay. Yeah. I've lived in Colorado <laughs> for like 15 years. I had no idea. 
Yeah, Grand Lake, uh, Rudy Reservoir up by Aspen, Cherry Creek, Chatfield. There's just a lot of venues. How about that? Okay, didn't know that. Uh, your parents, are they in Columbia now? Yes, they are. Retired? or And tell me what they did for a living. Um, getting close to my dad is a CEO uh, for uh, the one of one of the largest sports in Colombia. Um, okay. They do uh, they're in the Pacific. So they receive a lot of the big ships coming out of China. Then they separate the loads and send them to all their different countries. So they're more of a hub right now. Okay. And my mom uh, right now she uh, she is retired. She used to do um, teaching in in middle school. I see. Okay. Brothers, sisters? Older brother, younger sister. Older brother is a scientist. He's working on Alzheimer's research at the University of Florida. And really? My, really? Yeah. And my sister is in the fashion industry in Paris. Oh, cool. All right. Yeah. Well, your parents must be very proud. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Do you go back and see them often? Um, we used to more frequently, obviously with COVID, it's been, it's been over a year now. Um, but yeah, we used to go twice a year, then with kids only once a year. Um, gotcha. And they used to come up uh, quite frequently as well, but it's a lot harder right now. Yeah, no doubt. Right. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't know you had two little kids and trying to be CEO at the same time. Uh, that's, that's two very, <laughs> very challenging uh, jobs. <laughs> Uh, why this, why the school in Indiana? Why engineering? Um, I was always good with math. It seemed like a natural fit for me just to go from, uh, um, what I was good at in, in middle school and high school into uh, undergraduate okay. and Indiana, Purdue university. I knew I wanted to do their mechanical engineering or industrial engineering, and they were both ranked top five in the country. Okay. And I said, okay, cool, let's go. Um, <laughs> I've never seen snow before I moved to Indiana. I didn't know what a winter jacket was. Um, it was, there was a lot of shocks to my internal system. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Um, and then um, you got a master's degree from Harvard, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, that's correct. Congratulations. Was that tough to get into? Thank you. Very tough. Um, very tough. There's three components. There's your essays, your GMAT, and your experience. I did not have the best GMAT, um, mm -hmm. so but I had really good experience before the MBA program, and I really worked my tail off with the essays. I probably spent about 40 hours per essay on that. I remember sitting down Christmas gatherings and New Year's, everybody um, enjoying each other's company, and I was in a coffee shop just typing away. And working full time, right? Weren't you? Yes, yes, I was working full time. time. Were you married too? No, not at not at that time. Oh, I was going to say. Okay, all right. So, so you're doing this stuff. You end up getting your master's from Harvard in 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 eleven in 2011, and then that same time, start walking us through your career. Then, right about yeah. there, kind of kind of walk us through. Well, first, tell me what you were thinking and what your plan was, and then kind of walk us into your career. Yeah, um, I, one of the reasons I chose industrial engineering is I always wanted to get my MBA and go more on the general management side of the spectrum. Um, so that was kind of always my plan. Okay. Um, and uh, but before my MBA, I was primarily focused on operations, manufacturing, logistics. 
what was very eye-opening for me was my MBA internship. I did it with uh, Caesars Entertainment, the uh, casino hospitality company in, in there in Vegas and, and Atlantic City. I was based in Atlantic City. Okay. And they had a very cool internship program where every week you would rotate to a different department. So I got to experience entertainment, gaming, finance, marketing, all these other functions that I had very little experience with. Mm. And that's when I decided, you know what? Uh, marketing in 2011 um, has, is more of a science than an art than it used to be. There's a lot of components that match very well with my operations background. There's inputs, there's outputs. So at that point, I would say I'm an engineer turned marketer. And that's wow. what I did post MBA for, for a few years. Mm, okay. Any entrepreneurial bug at that point yet? Or that wasn't there, you, you know, going to like a startup or anything? Nothing like that was there? Uh, not yet. And you look at it, most of my experience was large corporations. I just... Mm -hmm. This whole small business startup world was something that you just heard about, at least for me, or read about. Um, it wasn't my thing. The, the safety net, I, I guess I, I used to uh, overweigh when I made career decisions at the time. Did you want to be a CEO? Did, was that your aspiration? Or, you, or you, you know, did, was that a target for you? Um, yes. Uh, and I think the, the closer I am to uh, freshman year, sophomore year in college, the more strong I was about it. And then I actually just sat in with some new hires this morning and they asked me that question too. And I say it was a stronger thing earlier on. And it just kind of happened the last three years. I wasn't like, mm. oh, I need to get there by this point in time. Mm. Um, it just ended up being a good fit with the time. So I, I yeah, I don't know if that helps answer the question. Now you're, you're, but you, you had to have some of your dad in there with you, right? Your dad was a C-level guy. I'm sure that was an inspiration for you. And you, you I'm just guessing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but not just an inspiration too, but I think he was also able to help me understand uh, the, I guess that the cons of being in that position. Um, a lot of people tend to believe that once you're the CEO, you have no boss. You probably actually have more bosses than you did when you were an individual contributor. Uh, your employees, in certain respects, are your boss. Your customers are your boss. Your board is your boss. So there's a lot more gravity pulls. And I think just having my dad in that position helped me understand a lot of that before I actually jumped into it. Let's go ahead and talk about being a CEO for a minute before we you know, get into other things. Because, I mean, obviously, I want you to tell us all about Traveler's Haven. But since you touched on it. Being a CEO, what's, um, you know, what do you find most stressful besides having everybody be your boss? Just, I mean, I know there's a million of them, but what top three things for you that you just find, you know, like these are very difficult that people probably don't realize. Um, can I say 2020 as a cop out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, that too. <laughs> Market downturns. Yeah, those things. Yeah. Um, so what are the biggest sources of stress? I think just the different gravity pools with the different constituents that you have, you have your associates, you never want to get into a situation where you have to lay off everybody. Uh, obviously 2020 happened and we did have to go that route, but you don't want to put yourself in, in that position. Um, then there's a shareholder board 
financial mm -hmm. stuff. Um, and even for our stockholders, a lot of our associates have stock options in the company. So I would like all of them uh, to have a, a financial exit in, in, in a few years. So that would be also thinking about that. And then the culture part of it. Um, I would love to, from a benefits and culture, provide everything that we can, but you just can't. All those things are at odds with each other in timing. We, we just rolled out for a YBK matching for a company for the first time ever. And I asked uh, somebody that has been in the company for 10 years, hey, what were the benefits like in 2013? And he actually put it in a chart for me. There was no healthcare, no vision, no dental, no nothing. <laughs> and just seeing the progress, it's something that uh, the leaders before me and even our current leadership team should be very proud of. If the That's biggest complaint right now we have is our training sucks, that means we've done a great job. <laughs> in the last few you know, you really touched on something there. I want to pause on for the listeners. I think this is really important for the people that have never been a CEO. Most CEOs of small to medium sized companies, we want to do all these awesome things. We want to have fantastic benefits. We want everybody to have four weeks of vacation. We are, we want to have all this cool stuff. And, you know, in the press, sometimes employees, they see like a Amazon decides to give everybody 30 days off during COVID or whatever. I'm not, that's not what happened, but I'm yeah. making this stuff up where a big company with a lot of money will, will do these awesome things. And then they'll, they'll go online and it'll be talked about. And everybody's like, Oh my God, that's so great. They really, you know, they obviously really care about their employees. And I'm thinking as a small <laughs> business owner, I'm like, I care about my employees too, but financially I can only do so much, right? I can't right. make a, I can't make a quote, feel good decision that bankrupts the company. I can't, right. you know, I mean, I have a fiduciary responsibility to keep the business alive and I, I might want to buy everybody a new car this year, but if I do, I drain cash flow. I mean, you know, these things, and I think that's really important that you touched on it. Most of us want to do the right thing. Most of us want to have all this awesome stuff mm -hmm. and we're working on it. Uh, <laughs> and it is yeah. nice to be able to look back. Like you said, dude, it's nice to be able to look back and go, Hey, look, I know we're not like in Disneyland yet, but look, compare this to where we were Can, you right. know, and where we're at now. Right. <laughs> Um, how about this, your, your, your relationship with your wife, um, <laughs> are you able to, are you able to tell her everything or are there some things that you're like, okay, I just can't go there. Cause she's not going to, she's just not going to fully understand. What do you want to share with us? Oh yeah. Yeah. We, that's one of the things I like the most about our relationship. We, we can go in many different spectrums on the very silly Disney jokes or on the financial or personality traits and yeah she she's also an industrial engineer um she is a product uh, manager right now at a i don't know if you can call them a startup anymore because they're 800 people but um oh, okay but yeah we can talk about pretty much anything isn't it amazing you know i've i've ran a couple of 40 million dollar companies myself i've been an executive for a long time i've managed people since i was freaking 17 years old and I'm 53. And sometimes I, I will go upstairs from my office and I'll be getting a cup of coffee and I'll tell her about something and she'll say something like, well, have you thought about this? And I'll go, mm -hmm. 
holy shit i haven't I can't believe that she just <laughs> pulled that out of her ass are you yeah. <laughs> uh, it's great which, to is, have which is pretty cool but also a little infuriating that yeah. you're right there in front of you <laughs> <laughs> so awesome to be able to bounce that stuff off of them though it really it really is um, but my favorites are when uh when i get some feedback at work and you go back and like hey do you think this person was right oh yeah and, the- <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, one more thing on that topic we could talk about this one for an hour but what's even worse for me is is if she says hey i think you should go with blue and I'm convincing her that we should, I should do red. And then like two months later, it's obvious that she, <laughs> her, her, she'll, she'll definitely be like, I tried to tell you blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So, all right. So your first shot really at running something at, at a C level was chief strategy officer for hotel engine. Now that, and then that, of course, led into Traveler's Haven, right? But so talk, how did you get to yeah. Hotel Engine? Well, yeah, go ahead. Talk, talk to me. Yeah, let, let me back up there for a second. Um, okay. You mentioned okay. it in a question, a few questions ago of, uh, when we were talking about a big company. Um, Danaher, when I was doing the marketing and inbound sales, I actually left to start my own consulting. Uh, oh, okay. Well, gotcha. And um, at that point in time, um, that's how I met uh, Eli, who is the founder of both Hotel Engine and Traveler's Haven. They were one of my clients. I see. Um, But also through my clientele at that time, that's when I was, my eyes opened up to this world of small and medium-sized businesses and startups. And I just found it so refreshing, the pace, the ability to complete stuff. I remember that project with Hotel Engine. Um, I flew to Denver. I lived in Seattle at the time. We whiteboarded a bunch of stuff. And by the time I landed back in Seattle that night, they had implemented already like 80% of the things we had talked about. (laughs) Nice. I'm like, hmm, I've never worked at a company where it happens like that. So maybe I should revisit what size of companies I should join. I see. I see. But that was my first uh, referring to, I guess, company of one uh, but um then eli and i stayed in touch for for about a year year and a half and that's when he said hey i i wanna i want you on the team let's figure out about a role and i joined as the chief strategy officer for both companies at the time i see now was that tough for you though because you had a little consulting business going on you kind of had a little thing you were building it was your deal you were the founder and ceo you're like ah i don't know i'm kind of you know was that tough um it wasn't anymore um one of the things they don't tell you when you set up your own consulting gig is that 80 percent of the time you're actually selling mm-hmm. the other 20 percent is actually doing what you want to do <laughs> and i'm a terrible salesperson so it was not a hard decision at that point in time let's just pause right there for the listeners that is the number one reason that that consultants end up going back into the workforce is because they have no idea that selling is a gigantic part of it. You can't just do gigs. You have to go out and sell the gig to go do the gig, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's yeah the number one reason people stop doing it. Okay, so he talked, all right, so he, he's like, come over here, join my team. And mm-hmm. you end up as the chief strategy officer for both Hotel Engine and Traveler's Haven. Yeah, at that point, the companies were sort of joined. Uh, we had most of the departments were shared, even though there were two 
independently registered companies. I see. And in 2018, 2019, we started doing the carve out. But at that point, the overlapping customers was minimal. The growth trajectories were different and okay. we were starving both companies for growth. So we carved out uh, one from the other. So did he bring you on primarily for a lot of reasons, but was one of the big ones, was he saying, hey, look, I got these two things. I got them started. I got them going, but I really want to make them go faster. And you have good vision and, and you can help us do that. I mean, was that the layman's term conversation? Yeah. Yeah. And at that point in time, uh, he viewed the biggest gap for growth marketing. And I see. he knew that I had been working on uh, for the last three, four years in uh, data-driven marketing. So that was my initial role is to come in and help with marketing with inbound lead generation, inside sales, all of those processes. And you kick ass for what, three years or so, almost three years or roughly something like that. And then he comes to you and says, hey, look, you're doing a great job. I want you to just take over as president and CEO of Travelers Haven. Talk to me about that little conversation. Yeah. How did that happen? Yes, we were um, uh, working on how do we get both companies primed for the maximum growth possible. And we said, hey, we've got to do the carve out. We've got to have two CFO, two, two heads of product, two heads of technology, uh, two heads of marketing. And at that point too, from a CEO perspective, it makes uh, no sense to just have one over both. Mm. So he went over uh, as the presidency of, of Hotel Engine and I assumed the role of presidency of Traveler's Haven. Now, why, why did he pick Hotel Engine for the one that he wanted to run? Did that one, was, was that one uh, cash flowing better and was the easier assignment? No, no I'm just joking around. Um, <laughs> well, no, I'm I, just messing around, but why did he choose that? Honestly, I think it's just a better natural fit for both of us. Um, he is a product mastermind. He's built okay. both companies and these are not his first two companies. Mm -hmm. And Hotel Engine, from that perspective, the engineering, the product, the market fit, um, he is much more suited for that. I see. Whereas this. Traveler's Haven was more of an operations problem solving um, of organic growth and support, um, where I, based on my background, I was better suited to, to lead mm. that. What's really cool is you go home and you tell your wife, January of 2020, you're like, Honey, I got promoted. I'm now CEO. And then 60 days later, COVID hits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember the day it was, I was walking around our <laughs> office and we have a big TV in the lobby. And um, the ticker said NCAA cancels March Madness. Yeah, I remember that. That was I the first that. domino of many things. Boom, 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 boom. And yep. two weeks later, we're doing layoffs. It was just so fast. Um, yeah. Wow. You know, okay. So you, um, you, but you got through that, right? 2020 or 2020 ended. You got through, through what, a few layoffs. And now you're, it's starting to come back. What, tell, tell us where you're at now. Yeah. Uh, so our industry, I mean, we're in uh uh, lodging. So our industry, yeah. travel industry was one of the worst affected in 2020. Mm -hmm. Our corporate housing industry is down about 70%. Um, and we netted 2020 at just negative 
So we oh, buy really? all measures, yeah. Um, initially in March, April, May, because of the uncertainty, there were just indicators going up and down everywhere. So there was a lot of, um, um, of things that people need to be careful about. Mm-hmm. But starting Q3, late Q3, we started actually seeing year over year growth again. And Congratulations. And how about, how about the last 30 days? Uh, they've been really good. Yeah. Leading indicators, lag indicators, it, it's all going up and to the right. You're probably, yeah, I got yes. Let me just, <laughs> yeah. it, internally, we say we went from surviving to thriving at the end of Q3. And what now we're in that thriving mode. I mean, really, I know that sucked, right? But wonderful experience for you. I mean, really, like you're, you're going to look back on this and go, okay, I joined in 2017. I grew it. We got busier. I ended up becoming CEO. Then I made it through COVID. We had a downturn. We had some layoffs. We were down in business and now we're taking back up. I mean, all of that will be battle scars and stripes that uh-huh. you've earned that are just going to make you a stronger CEO. I mean, five, six years from now, 10 years from now, we go through some other downturn for some weird reason. You can be like, yeah, I've done that before. I'm ready. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Hopefully it doesn't happen again, but odds are it will happen again. Yeah. So. It probably will. Um, I mean, you know, I went through, I did a turnaround myself as a CEO, COO in 08. And, um, you know, that's, I still carry that with me today on just knowing what to do. Um, And, you know, you went through layoffs and having to tell people they're laid off. It sucks, right? Going through all that really sucks. But uh, are you back up to where you were with people now, employees now? Uh, No, we're not. Um, We... We're at about 100 people now, and okay. I think we were up to about 130. Okay. Okay. Well, you'll probably keep heading north, I think, because I think travel's about to explode. In fact, I had a buddy of mine call me last week and say, hey, listen, here's a stock tip for you. This company right here that's in the travel industry, invest right now because they're going to explode. At least that's his opinion, you know. Um, I... I I personally believe, not giving out stock advice here, by the way, but I personally believe, um, um, I think there's just so much pent up demand. I mean, I I think people are going to go nuts. I think people are going to travel like crazy. I think people are going to go out to eat. I think people are going to go to venues. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be nuts. People are just like, oh my God, please get me out of my house. I I agree. I agree. (laughs) And it's not just COVID. I mean, think about uh, the smoke cloud from the forest fires was at some point covering 25% of the U.S. where you couldn't even go out to enjoy a park. Um, With elections, people were scared to go to certain places. (laughs) Um, Now with the freeze, people are stuck. Yeah, there's a lot of pent up. Just get me out. (laughs) Dude, I absolutely... I remember the day uh, restaurants in Colorado through November, through Thanksgiving and Christmas, most of the restaurants were just flat out closed. It was takeout only. Uh, yeah. And a buddy of mine called and said, Hey man, uh, the restaurants are opening tomorrow, like at 20% or whatever. And you can actually, and I, I made a reservation with my wife, like right then I called and said, we're going out to eat tomorrow. <laughs> uh, Cause I just want to be out. So I think your business is about to explode is my point. I think you guys are, uh, you're about to head, you know, rocket ship. Uh, so now you now you're gonna have the challenge of scaling back up, which is gonna be great. Yeah, and and I actually think we're better positioned for the scale up uh, because we were forced to really look at our internal processes. Mm-hmm. We're doing things that we would have never thought about: uh, robotic process automation, artificial intelligence, 
um, just look at the processes and think about which ones no longer make sense. So I think right now we're actually positioned to do more active units per employee than we were in 2019. Oh, could not agree more. I have an old saying, uh, having gone through the turnaround in 08 uh, that I mentioned, hmm. 15 to 20% EBITDA hides a multitude of sins. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and when you start pulling back the covers, you're, you know, you're making all this money, everybody's fat and happy, and then things get tight, you pull back the covers, you're like, why are we spending X amount on this? What do we, how long have we been spending that? Uh, you know, right. I mean, you know, you, you, it really is true. It's so true. It makes you a leaner, tighter, meaner machine, and you'll be even more profitable now uh, yeah. as you head north. Give us the uh, elevator pitch for Traveler's Haven, right? You know, just give us the, for the listeners, just like the three minute, like, what do they do as of today? Go yeah. for it. Yeah, we're a workforce lodging management company. So um, that is our primary customer base. So if you have traveling nurses, doctors, construction workers, electricians, um, maybe there's disasters and you to deploy a crew to, um, to the, Houston area, or right now with a lot of the issues with uh, the freeze of power lines being down, mm. if you need housing for all those crews, we are the company for you. We search, find, negotiate, set up everything so you don't have to spend a single minute, single hour mm. um, in doing the vetting. We gather your requirements. You're not going through endless listings of thousands and thousands of properties. We'll find the three that best fit your needs. That way you have good selection, but all three of them should fit your needs. And then once you decide which one you wanna go forward with, uh, our tech-enabled platform allows it to make very seamless for you. Think about it, if you have 50 mm -hmm. nurses in 50 different states yep. and the average apartment has seven bills, utilities, internet, uh, rent, you're paying a lot of bills every month. With us, it's just one consolidated bill per month. We take care of everything else on the back end, maintenance requests, and all of that you can do on our platform. So I'd mm -hmm. like to think about it that on the front end, when you're deciding where to house people, we're kind of your concierge. We do all the searching, matching, negotiating for you. Okay. And then after you decide where your platform or your technology. And what about competition? Like, well, I mean, there are, there's got to be other companies that do this. So what, what, why travelers? Like, why, why do I call you versus somebody else? It, it's funny. We, we went to a corporate housing providers association conference and all the um, uh, technology companies would say, oh, you're a corporate housing company. And all the corporate housing companies would say, oh, you're a technology company. <laughs> We're kind of in this weird in between okay. where we, we straddle both the hospitality side and the technology side. I see. Um, I, and also from a competition perspective, most corporate housing companies focus on the relocation space. So think about I see. Uh, Fortune 1000 office worker relocating for their company. 80% of our customers are more in the workforce space, nurses, uh, construction crews, that, that, that uh, sort of traveler. I see. Okay, very good. And you said about 100 employees. You probably can't mention revenue, I'm guessing. I don't know. Can you? I don't know. How much can you share? Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, can, I can probably guess. But uh, but uh, you have, I mean, you're big enough to where you have a board of directors. You got you to gotta prepare for your board meeting as a CEO and do all your quarterly mm -hmm. board meetings, all the usual stuff, right? Yeah. You got to take those phone calls from the investors that are like, hey, man, where, where, when, when am I getting my money back? You got to get, you, you do all those <laughs> 
um, <laughs> not quite there yet, but um, we did announce uh, an equity incentive program for our associates. So uh-huh. anybody that it's, uh, I think at three years of tenure um, will automatically get some equity in the company. So uh-huh. my shareholders numbers is going to dramatically increase over the next couple of years as people Ooh. hit that tenure. Oh, yeah. Okay. Do you have a couple of big time? You don't have to mention the names, but I mean, I'm guessing the founder is still a major equity holder. I mean, do you have like two or three people that are in control you're having to answer to or how, what's it look like? No, it's primarily our founder. We've been bootstrapped. We haven't raised any external capital at this point. Oh, oh really? Oh, really? You haven't taken on capital since the beginning. Wow. Okay. Wow. 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 All right. And you're, that's huge. Okay. Congratulations. Tell Eli, I said, congratulations. That's a big deal. <laughs> and to you. Yeah. And to you, by the way, I noticed, I noticed that Eli talk, talk about him a little bit on the podcast. I noticed he's kind of dark on, on, on social media, like LinkedIn and stuff. He can't, he's barely got anything on there. He kind of, he's kind of low key on online. Is that on, is that on purpose? He, he needs, he needs somebody to hire it out too. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was trying to stalk him this morning, getting ready for the podcast. I'm like, what's going on here? He's not got, he's not posting hardly anything. I saw a few articles though. Um, well, congratulations on the on where you have the business now. The fact that you and debt free, debt free. Can you mention? Yeah, that? I don't know. yeah. At this point, yeah. Wow, debt free and haven't raised any cash and got a hundred employees and you're obviously a multi million dollar company. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. A um, couple of questions here on hiring, real fast, and then yeah. and then we'll, I'm going to do Matt, I'm going to do hiring and then I'm going to do wrap up. So you obviously at this point now hired a bunch of people, interviewed a bunch of people. Yeah. Now I'm 53. You're not as old as me, so you haven't interviewed as many as I have. But you're you're, you're getting a lot of experience as a CEO. Um, what are a couple of just pretty common mistakes you see right now uh, from candidates on a pretty regular basis? Yeah, from a candidate's perspective, I um, you see a lot of really good talent that uh, where they're furloughed or laid off and are just mm-hmm. looking for a job. Um, but there was an interesting stat, I think it, was, it came out yesterday or last week, about that the number of open positions got back to pre-pandemic levels. So it's interesting. They have so many open jobs and so many people unemployed. And there's a little bit of, a, I guess, a, a desperation just to get the job. Mm-hmm. They're not really thinking ahead. And they're, one, not really being honest with themselves and not being honest with the company and thinking about, hey, is this really where I want to be six months, nine months, 12 months down the road? So uh, we've actually had to implement a more stringent interview process. We, for certain roles, we're doing case studies just to really tease out the things that you're not being told uh, when you're answering, when a candidate's answering questions. But even for candidates, sure, I know you want a job, but I'm sure it's the right one too. Um, You don't want to be in a position where you're, 30 days in and it's just not the right place. Great advice. It's so true. I I, I get it, right? Like I know you got a mortgage, mm-hmm. your mortgage. Okay. You're behind on your mortgage now for 30 days. You, you, right. Your car payment's coming up. Money's getting really tight. You're burning through your savings. Um, it's really stressful. And, and now there's this sense of urgency, like, holy shit, I just need to get a job. Like I just right. need to get a job. So I, I understand what they're going through. Um, but I would say the same thing. My advice would be to them like, hey, look, okay, so you go two months behind on your mortgage instead of one and you spend another 30 days finding a job that is really going to last and that you're going to be happy with. That's going to be a much better decision. Right. 
Yeah, and, and if cash flow is really an issue, there's so many things you can do right now. If you have student loan, you can ask for deferment. If you have a mortgage, you can ask for deferment. That's you right. can refinance. Um, well, yep. maybe not if you're unemployed at this point, but there's so many ways where you can cost. What cell phone do you have? Could you yep. sell yours and buy an iPhone 5 instead for like 40 bucks on eBay? Uh, there's many ways where you don't have right. to sacrifice your ideal fit job. And again, it, I think it's different this time around versus 2009, where there were no jobs then. I get it. Right now, again, the number of open positions just got to pre-pandemic levels. So the jobs are there. Uh, keep, keep the eye on the big picture. Totally agree. Great advice. Is there a couple of favorite questions you want to share real quick or you don't want to give yeah. out the secrets? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got three. So I look for a few things. One, humility. And I love asking the question, tell me about a time you tried something that didn't work. I want to see, well, why was it the right thing to try? Mm. So see if they have the analytical chops, but also the humility to recognize that something didn't work and what they learned from it. Good. Another one is ingenuity. And I asked them, I asked them tell me about a time you solved something that others before you couldn't solve. I want to see if they were creative, if they thought outside the box. I want to see what, if they were able to distill why others before them couldn't figure it out. And then the last thing is, um, I want to see if they have backbone. So I asked them, tell me about a time you disagree with your boss. Yeah. And um, I get a lot of different things from a candidate when they answer that question. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> Uh, right, because you can answer that the right way. It can be a very constructive conversation when you're pushing back on your boss and you can handle it the right, right way and present, present it the right way. There's so many soft skills that come into play with that, mm -hmm. with that particular situation. Um, plus, you can see if they just go immediately negative and then go on an eight-minute rant about how their boss is an idiot and blah, blah, blah. I mean, there's so many things. By the way, now, if you're a candidate and you interview with Carlos after this podcast launches, and you haven't watched this interview and done your homework and prepared yourself for these three questions, then you didn't, you weren't thorough enough on your, on your prep. <laughs> and if they're too rehearsed, I got another 10 I can ask. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, we interview people for a living at RiderFlex, right? And uh, I, there's not a day that goes by that somebody doesn't answer a question. And, uh, and I just go, I just go, my God, I, I sometimes yeah. I just can't believe how unprepared some people are. If you'll just prepare, um, you know, you'll, 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 you'll do pretty well. Um, and take the time too. If, if you get hit with a question, you don't know where to start. Hmm. It's fine as the interviewer. Hey, can I, can I take a few seconds to think about it? A lot of times just jump in and that's probably not in their best interest. Yeah. But you really, the, to wrap up this job interview in peace, though, the way you started with this is, hey, you, you know, life is short. Be happy with what you're doing. Really, truly take time to, to get a job where you feel comfortable, comfortable in the company culture. You like the people. You're passionate about the industry or the product. You know, it's a good commute or whatever. Just make sure you're happy. It's just life is way too short to just yeah. take a job for, for, for you know, just because you're worried about paying the car payment next month, take your time. Right. It's going to be okay. Could yeah. agree more. All right. Wrapping up here, a couple of wrap up questions for Carlos. And I could, by the way, I could talk to you for another hour, I think uh, on a bunch <laughs> of stuff. Um, if, um, if you could call Carlos when he graduated high school 
at 18 years old in Columbia before he went on that trip to Indiana. If you could call him and tell him anything based on what you've learned now, what, what would you say? It's only going to get harder and a lot <laughs> and a lot harder, but you have the tools to figure it out. Mm. I think back then I just thought my problems were just the work biggest problems ever and now looking back <laughs> <laughs> you will be the CEO of a company through a pandemic in 2020 and you will figure it out <laughs> that, yeah that is a major accomplishment by the way to take a company through uh and, and you know I'll brag a little bit about ourselves we were actually up 32 percent over nice. last year uh, uh, with COVID and we, we really, you know, I don't want to, I, I shouldn't say that. I'll probably, I'll probably clip this part out, but, uh, you know, we were just super proud of ourselves as a team. I mean, total unit, you know, everybody just really kicked ass and we thought, wow, if we can, if we can be up 30% in COVID, then, Hey, we should be able to double our business the next year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's a major accomplishment yeah. for you. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, and for you guys, just th that report and open jobs, to me, that was staggering. Again, I think it was last week or yesterday that yes. I saw it. Yes, um, and it's, yeah. it, feels, it feels that exact way. We've had, I mean, when January hit, we started to have one call after another. Clients calling us going, hey, man, I'm trying to find somebody, trying to find somebody. Help me, help me. <laughs> good, good. Uh, last, last question for you. If you had to put your core purpose in life into a sentence, and I asked you to separate your wonderful wife and your two little kids. Let's like, let's move them over to the side for a minute. That's like a separate core purpose, right? That's like the primary core purpose. Yeah. Okay. Beyond that, what is the core purpose for Carlos right now? Yeah, I think it's two things. One of them is project. I have this project called Traveler's Haven. I want to look back many years from now and be very proud of what we did here from that project. I go back to my first intern project, my first class project, and I still remember those very fondly. I wanna do something similar here. But then second, um, I wanna help build better people and get them ready for their next chapters. Whether that next chapter's in our company or not, I don't care. Um, and we've done certain things internally with benefits, with our leadership training program. And, uh, yeah, I want them to look back and they don't even have to thank me, but at least if I give them the tools to be successful and they can look back at their time at Traveler Saban, to me, that's a win too. Awesome stuff, my friend. Carlos, thank you so much for being on the RiderFlex podcast. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Steve. If you think today's tip or guest interview can help someone you know, please share this with them. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our channel and hit the like button. The RiderFlex podcast features entrepreneurs, business executives, and the stories behind how they got there, as well as daily tips on career advice and job interviewing. You can visit RiderFlex.com to learn more about us and get information and pricing on the recruiting and consulting services we provide. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day.